Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. Thank God. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show, we look at one of the classics and joining me to look at such a classic this week, thank God, it's Sam Peterson. Oh my God. And Stephen Hall. Oh Hello. Hello. I'm saying, oh my God, this isn't oh a good, I think it's fun. Uh, imagine if you, like I had to read the book as well and that's like, my prep's gone out the window. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, good. I didn't have to. That's great. Also, I will say my dog digs is here just in case there's a little bit of sound in the back. He's, he's having a great time. Himself. He's yeah. having a roll. He's having a roll on the floor of the stupid old studio. Great here. for sound. Great for sound. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, a bit disappointed you didn't bring any animals to the studio. <laughs> Sorry, I do have a macaw in, in a cage outside, but uh, I just don't, don't think you get along well with Because you're a professional, that's right. You're a professional, so you don't bring the dog into the room. No, no, it's, a, no it's, a, it's a blue and yellow macaw in a, in a, pa- in a cage, but I just left it outside with, with a packet of cornflakes. It's their favourite. It's their favourite. But no milk. Because he's lactose That's where you draw the line. Yeah, lactose yeah. intolerant macaw out there. Now, Stephen, first time on the Book yeah. Cheat Podcast, thank you so much for coming on. And every now and then we are esteemed enough to welcome mm. someone who's actually written books onto this show oh and you goodness. fall under that category, my friend. It's very true. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in today. But yeah, I've written three books and uh, the most recent one is called 50 Things to be Seriously Grateful for Today and 50 Not So Serious Things to Illustrate Them. And it's available now on Amazon. Thank you very much. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Boy, what, a, what a goddamn treat to have a national treasure on, on the podcast. <laughs> what, your I'm dog? So sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deeks has found the, the dog food I keep in the corner here. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, I, believe, I believe that's uh, Beck Petratus's uh, very small dog Gonzo's food, which oh, I see. The, the, the opposite oh. size of, of Dick's. <laughs> so the food would probably be, be a bit small for you, bud. A bit small for you, bud. You can't yeah. eat it. It's too small for you. <laughs> yeah, you're just wolfing. <laughs> that's how things work, isn't it? <laughs> that dog food is too small for my dog. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, fantastic. Love, love that that's available on Amazon. Thank you And also, much. I imagine on Amazon Podcasts and several other podcast services, we could find... Uh, Confessions. Oh, yes. Yeah, I only put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> Very hard to find. <laughs> yeah, no, Confessions is on all of the podcast apps, I believe. I sometimes get a message from someone going, is it on this? And I go, I do not know. I do not, I'm yeah. so sorry. I do not know. And it's I funny. email someone real quick and say, can we get it on this? But with the uh, the effort they've gone to there, they could have just typed the title of the podcast into their app of choice <laughs> and right. found out for themselves. That's right. Yeah, yes. Confessions. But it's available on all of the things. And you two have been but what's its full name? Guest. You're just calling it conf- Confessions. What's yeah. its full name? It's actually just called Confessions. Is it? Yeah. 
It used to be called Confessions of the Idiots, but I changed the name about two year ago. Yeah, that's not two years. I was I going on there that. and I was saying, "What are you trying to say about me?" Yeah, exactly. You, Dave you got, got mad. Am I the idiot? Dave got mad every yeah, time, so right. I had to change it. You, you remember that when Dave stormed out a few times? <laughs> that's right. And he set the building on fire. Yeah, that's right. Was, there was a whole so thing. You got the yeah. cease and desist, all sorts. Of things. I got legal. I got legal. <laughs> you thought I was abbreviating the podcast just for fun? I did. <laughs> that's why people can't find it because they're searching the wrong thing. I thought its full name was Confessions of the Idiots. I'm thinking about rebranding this just a book. Just book. That's all you need. Yeah, Just make it. it harder. And you know what? A rebrand is fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> listeners appreciate it because it makes it more difficult to find. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And it's Just right. complicated. You have to change artwork. Yep. You have to change a lot of different things. I mean, I didn't personally do it, but God, there was a lot of artwork changes there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was fun for me. And other artwork that you've released is uh, your poster for your upcoming uh my goodness, what a segue. Stand-up comedy King special. of the segue, Dave. You're bringing it back. You're bringing it back. You're back I'm on stage. Back. Well, I haven't, I haven't been on stage in five years. Is and that so right? That's right. And now I'm back. And so I'm doing a show called Why the Long Face next year. I've got a director. It's written. But now I'm having to get up and try to find out if the bits I've written are funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the hard bit mm-hmm. is going, I thought that joke would really land. And sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't. Sometimes nothing's no, no, no. funny. you gotta, you got to oversell yourself, Sammy. You've been killing it every night. I'm People got to see this show. That's right. You Never a dull show. moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 fun being back up there every night. It's just crushing. It's just impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to really not ride that wave of laughter. Every single night. <laughs> sure. And will it be in the comedy festival? Is it, it won't be in the comedy festival. It's happening in May next year. Okay. So it'll be uh, in Brisbane at the moment. In Great. Brisbane, uh, Melbourne, and I've uh, got a book Sydney. So it will be coming all around Australia, and every place. It's an it's an hour long show. It's an hour long show at the moment. It's sitting at a pretty one hour and five minutes. So good, I have to good. cut 15 minutes if my calculations are correct. <laughs> I, might, I might cut 16. Maybe I'll cut an hour and only have five minutes. Your best five. Depends how good Time the – yeah. yeah. It really depends how the material goes. Like if it's only a five-minute show, you'll know. Didn't have a lot of good material up there. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> oh, very it's exciting good. to be back. Yeah, it's very good. exciting. Oh, and this guy's doing a, a national tour. Over here. I'm pointing at uh, – Comedian Stephen Hall, just if you didn't know. But you're doing a national tour next year. That's not Rural. correct. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Boy, you I are tried. the best manager. <laughs> oh, my God, he's good. Boy, no, thank you very much, Sammy, but I am. It's a regional Victoria okay. tour. Okay. The entire nation of regional Victoria. <laughs> it's a national uh, tour. Yeah, a national tour of regional Victoria. Yeah. Uh, next year, dates to be advised. But, yeah, apparently there's about 10 venues booked so far. All around, around Australia. All around regional the, Victoria. the great nation. Of uh, yeah, Victoria. yeah, technically they're place? all in Australia, technically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you got me there. Living up to that <laughs> number plate tagline, on the move. Oh, on the Victoria move. Victoria, on the move. Yes. The and Garden State. The Garden State. <laughs> uh, and that's for, yeah, that's for the show that I did in this year's comedy festival called Letters from My Heroes, if they'd actually bothered to write back. And that's, uh, yeah, a 50-minute show and yeah, touring. Was it great an hour five of- when you first started doing it? Um, <laughs> Just no. asking for some advice. Asking for a friend. <laughs> asking um, for a friend. Sure. Um, no, I think it's always been about that. But, um, yes, touring the great nation of regional Victoria next year. <laughs> I was absolutely right. Well, that's Spot on. <laughs> Check it out. Well, something else that's exciting is I've been reading a book this month. Whoa. Excellent. Can you believe okay. it? Okay. I can believe it. And uh, Stephen knows what the book's going to be. I do. I put this in an email to him. Sam, wow. I'm afraid I didn't write this down for you. <laughs> but you want it, You like to be surprised. When I like to be surprised the all the time. Least amount of work for me possible. <laughs> How many times have you done this show? I think three or four, maybe. 
Yeah, can never we, likes can we lock in four? Always comes in blind. Can mm-hmm. we lock in four? I think it's four. Let's go four. Yeah, I think it's four. I think four times. Correct. And I, uh, yeah, I never have known what it's going to be, but I'm very excited to find out. Great. Today I'm about to reveal the book because I'm holding it here. Actually, I've decided I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the end you guess. For the whole podcast. <laughs> For the whole podcast. <laughs> That's right, I've got to go. <laughs> Brought my massive dog and I have to go. <laughs> this week I am covering The Master and Margarita. By Mikhail Bolgakov. That is the funnest title of all time. And also the book cover is a lot of fun because you've got a cat. It's a cat on <laughs> there. Hilarious. You've got a gun. You've got oh. a pitchfork. Just, and, and now when you read this book, were you like, that all relates? No, the, uh, oh. the graphic designer the graphic designer just went for it. Just had fun. <laughs> no, these are, yeah, a cat. no, they're all in there. There's a cat in here. Oh, my God. There That's is. great. I love that. Um. Yes, yeah, have you have you heard of this? I've one never before? heard of this before. Had you heard of it, comedian? I hadn't heard of it before before hearing no. about it here in the email. In the email. In the email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just a few people have suggested I do this one. Actually, oh. I've got I've got to say uh, qu- quite a few. So people can suggest a book at any time. There's a link in the show notes show notes of this very podcast. So click it if you want to tell me to do. I'll put it on mine as well. If you want yeah, in my not? show notes, <laughs> suggest a book. <laughs> suggest a confession. Do it all. Uh, this one's suggested by. Quite a few. Uh, Neely Karimi from Adelaide, Joshua Cabrera from the USA, Isabel Salomon from Edinburgh, Imogen Larkham, also from Adelaide, Caitlin Jessup Humphreys from England, Rena from Germany, Ethan from Hong Kong, Julie Dalton from Brisbane, Natalie from Colchester, Henry Whitby from Basingstoke, and finally Sarah James from Hobart. That's amazing. Beautiful people. Thank you. A lot of people people. suggesting this book. It's a classic. And it was a real mixture of people telling me, this is my favourite book, or I can't get through this book, can you please do it for me? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> real, what a suggestion. <laughs> a real recommendation. I hated it, but you got yeah. to go. Yeah. One of them said, my, my boyfriend or girlfriend is their fav- favourite book ever, and I've tried about eight times. Yeah. I cannot get into it. Right. So just tell me about the gist of it. So <laughs> I, I had a friend a while ago that told me that they were like a film and they were they recommended it to me. Mm. And I was like, great, and I really didn't like it. And then the next time I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't for me. And they're like, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> what a great recommendation oh, if you're just joking. Wow. Don't tell anyone. Oh, well, you actually saw that? <laughs> yeah, it was, was joking. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> Great chat. wasting your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's a Man, fun, hilarious practical joke. I hope there's someone, you know, Ethan sitting in Hong Kong going, you actually read it? <laughs> I was mucking around, man. Oh. You fool. That artwork on the cover? I don't think so. <laughs> so The Master and Margarita, I usually give a bit of a background. It's a novel by Soviet writer Mikhail Bolgakov, written in the Soviet Union between 1928 and 1940. So it took quite a few years to get this years. one out. Absolutely. Uh, beginning his adult life as a doctor, Bolgakov, gave up medicine for writing. But writing under Joseph Stalin, his works were often critical of Soviet communist society and therefore officially denounced. So, I mean, there's bad reviews and then there's bad reviews. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yes. And Britannica writes, because of their realism and humour, Bolgakov's works enjoyed great popularity, but their trenchant criticism of Soviet mores was increasingly unacceptable to the authorities. But by 1930, he was in effect prohibited from publishing. Really? You sort of get blacklisted. Wow. And you're thinking, I've given up being a doctor to do this. Yeah. Now I can't do it anymore. Now, the humour, were you LMFAOing while you were reading this oh book? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was it's like a regular Ben Alton book. It was to the point that I didn't bother getting back up because I thought, I'm only going to be back on the ground <laughs> in a couple of minutes' time. Really, really. roughly. I may as well stay down there. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So he wrote to Stalin to ask for permission to leave the Soviet Union. I didn't know people did this. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the only one. He was denied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked his chances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not getting 
on grade here because I'm really critical of your regime and you're not letting me publish it. So can I go somewhere else and be critical of your regime where they will let me publish it? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a no. Yeah, that's a no, mate. Yeah. And, and now we know where you live. Yeah. 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 We're just keeping yeah. our eye on you that's as well. Right. Thank you for alerting us to your presence. Kind of backfired a bit, i got to yeah. say. Many regard Bolkakov's masterpiece to be this book, The Master and Margarita. He died, sadly, from stomach cancer in 1940 and his... <laughs> Diggs was really sad about yeah, that. That is he very was really sad, kind of Diggs. That. Sorry, Diggs. The mic didn't pick that up. It's a very sad moment. And Diggs... I forgot to tell you not to mention people's deaths on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Diggs gets very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple more coming up. Okay, so, so, so. Right, I'll break him. So he died in 1940 and his work's first publication of Master and Margarita, that is, came over 25 years after his death. Oh, wow. Albeit a censored version with several several chapters cut by editors. It was finally published in Moscow Magazine in 1966, but the manuscript was not published as a book until Smuggled to Paris in 1967. So wow. finally people read it, and since then, some people love it. <laughs> what a masterpiece. <laughs> no, it is one of those cult books that there are diehard people that yeah. like, have read it over right. and over again, see different symbols every time they read it, that kind of thing. So it is mm. absolutely a cult classic. The Master and Margarita is a fantasy book, but also a f- farcical satire of the Soviet Union that Bolgakov was writing in. Honestly, cards on the table here. The plot is very fantastical. It's pretty out there. There's two separate interconnected stories, and I'm going to do my very best to do it justice, but also try to make it make sense for people listening. I feel confident about so, this. So here we go. <laughs> if anyone can do it, you yeah. can. Well, good luck, everyone. <laughs> Would you say this is like uh, Australia's shark net? You know, like a beautiful celebrated book that some people love, some people don't like. Oh, okay. Do you think, you know, yes. like yeah, which Sharknet I, I remember reading in school. I read and that in going, school as well. I liked yeah. it. But, but, you know, I've yeah. had people that hate it as well. Like at yeah. the same time it's like, and I think on the cover it says Australia's most celebrated author. Really? Robert yeah. Drew. Robert Drew. Robert Drew. Robert Drew. I don't know Set if he wrote Perth? that. I've said that in my own, when I'm writing my own bios for my stand-up show next year, Australia's most celebrated comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's funny the things you remember from the books you read in school. I remember yeah. one of the few things I remember from the Sharknet was feeling sorry for the character because his dad worked for Dunlop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the other kids were getting different shoes, but he had to wear the Dunlop shoes. And I think it was possibly before <laughs> volleys were cool. That's right. And then he was embarrassed to have to wear the Dunlop shoes, but his that's dad right. was a real harder. Yeah, yeah. Or he had to wear Dunlop tyres. Another great, another great <laughs> the Dunlop choice is brand. Yours. That's, so that's up to you. embarrassing in the schoolyard. <laughs> rolling in you every can't morning. play with the other kids with your <laughs> tyres. No, no one else is wearing tyres. <laughs> All right, we always start with the opening line to give a bit of the author's words. And um, chapter one starts with, it's called, Never Talk to Strangers. Mm -hmm. I agree. This is how it starts. The Master and Margarita. At the sunset hour of one warm spring day, two men were about to be seen at Patriarch's Ponds. The first of them, aged about 40, dressed in a greyish summer suit, was short, dark-haired, well-fed and bald. He carried his decorous pork pie hat by the brim, and his neatly shaven face was embellished by black horn-rimmed spectacles of pre-natural dimensions. The other, a broad-shouldered young man with curly reddish hair and a check cap pushed back to the nape of his neck. And we're off. I love it when they start right in it. <laughs> and I'm also wearing a pork pie hat right now, which is lovely. I'm bringing it back, baby. But I love it when they start right in it. 
You know, you don't give me the best of times or worst of times. I love it when they start oh. right in the drama of everything, like start in the story. The two two men are about to go into a pond. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what I want. You love being gripped. I love being love gripped. Being... That doesn't happen every day. Yeah, Tell exactly. me more about that pond. Something's grabbing you by the throat <laughs> saying, hey, listen up. Listen up. Something's happening at Patriarch's Pond. And now we're away. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised they went for the cat because you have a fedora on that cover. You could have a pond on that cover. Yeah, at the moment, right. I don't know. I'm holding judgment at the moment. I'm We've only heard one sentence. <laughs> well, we've just met two men there who are walking around a park in Moscow. Mm. One is Mikhail Berlioz, an editor and the chair of the board of a Moscow literary society called Masolit. And the other is a poet that writes under the name Bezdomny, which uh, according to a little... There's, this is one of those books where on every page there's the little numbers saying, hey, for a bit of context on what this means, turn to the back and there's about 6,000 of those. A little footnote. A little footnote. Mm, okay. And uh, Bezdomny apparently in Russian means homeless. Got oh, so okay. So that was his little like his little name. You know, you, you've got your Banksies, you've yep. got your Bezdomnys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, um, little uh, art names. In that great book, uh, Alan Partridge's book, We Need to Talk About Alan, the uh, <laughs> the footnotes in that are just incredible. And and Stuart Lee in his great uh, book as well, that there's so many footnotes and I love it when they really overdo the footnotes <laughs> right, as well. Like right. half the book is actually yeah, in the yeah. footnotes. <laughs> I like it. Easy to read. Because yeah. 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 sometimes <laughs> it's at the back and you've got to like, you know, keep turning other yeah. times at the bottom of the page and I like when it's at the bottom of the page and it turns out sometimes there's one sentence at the top and then underneath the footnote is longer than the rest (laughs) of the sentence. I like it when you had said the footnote sometimes I've seen before upside down. (laughs) You have to turn the book upside down. That's fun. But at least then you find out who committed the murder. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, It's a magical illusion. (laughs) Now one of the confusing things I found about Russian literature is that characters often have Two, sometimes three separate names, and you have to try and remember who is who. Right. Mm. And so, and you know, the writer's like, you know, this guy. You know, I called him Ivan earlier, but it's Bez Domney. That kind of thing. <laughs> Just change his name. Yeah. Through. I don't like that name anymore. Yeah, I've written no, it too no, much. No. I'll change it. Which is the case with Bez Domney. Like his real name is Ivan. Sometimes you get like his his artistic name, and other times you get this name. So uh, mm. there's quite a few translations of this into English and. The thing I found that changes the most is the names of the characters. Oh, There's even more names, but I will try and refer to them by one single name. That would be helpful. I hopefully, hopefully I can stick to that. <laughs> Thank you, gourmet pie guy David Warnicky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can also call me Cobra. Oh, okay. I love I that. Cobra's fun. That's awesome. That's Self-appointed. Straight. In, in year eight. Did not take off. <laughs> so we've got Berlioz, the editor, and Bez Domney, the poet. They're walking around this lovely pond mm. talking about a poem that Bez Domney was commissioned to write and it was meant to state that Jesus Christ never existed. It's supposed to be a pro-atheist poem. That's mm-hmm. what he's paid mm-hmm. to write. Mm-hmm. Right. As they are talking and debating, an unusual-looking man approaches them. He is described as a man of the strangest appearance. It's Jesus. Seven foot tall, but narrow in the shoulders, incredibly thin, and with a face made for derision. Derision? Ooh. What does that mean? A What's face a, made for derision? The kind of face that makes you want to boo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> a pantomime villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he have a curly moustache? Yeah, he's he kept twirling it. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, okay, That's great. what I'm booing. Yeah. That's what I'm booing, your moustache. He's up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> this seven-foot-tall man is so strange-looking that Burley Oz, the editor, closes his eyes because he can't believe what he's seeing. It's one oh, of those. Wow. Sort of one of those. Passes. Bit of a rub your eyes to believe. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But when he opens them, the strange man has gone. And he exclaims, The devil? 
he says, do you know Ivan, who is Bez Domney, again, that mm-hmm. second name? Sure, got it, got it. Got the it. heat nearly gave me a stroke just then. I even saw something like a hallucination. Because okay. like, the man is so weird looking, he's like, that can't be real. Yes. Now he's gone. Yes. Um, okay. So the two men keep talking about Jesus and how he was a myth. They both believe this. And then the giant man appears again and asks if he can join in on the conversation. That's nice. Oh, he asks. Yeah. The devil asks. Would you, <laughs> the devil asks. Would you say yes to this? Or? Absolutely, strange man. Yeah. I'll close my <laughs> eyes, but you keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Treat this like a podcast. <laughs> and he joins the debate with the two men who proudly tell him that they're atheists. They do not believe in God at all. Mm-hmm. And then they have a discussion about free will. But the man contends, this is the strange man, that everything is directed by fate and he even predicts that Berlioz, the editor, will die that night and that his head will be cut off at the hands of a Russian woman in some accident involving sunflower oil. I would have said the same thing. Very wow. specific. <laughs> is he twirling his moustache <laughs> yeah, at the same time? Goodness me. It's, Goodness. If he were twirling the moustache, it goes from a prediction to a threat very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And does he say see a lot? Does he go, you're going to die, see? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's wise guy. <laughs> wise guy. <laughs> Sunflower oil. <laughs> yeah. He's also a Muppet. That's yeah. very good to point out. One of those tall ones. Seven yeah. foot tall. I can have seven foot. Seven yeah, foot the Muppet tall. man. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Ten Muppets under a coat. <laughs> so he makes this very specific, uh, you know, prediction and they're like, mm-hmm. this is this guy's weird, all right? Well, they just think he's just a, a nut that sure, walked sure. up to him in the park. It just appears randomly and out of And then disappears nowhere. again. Yeah. yeah. But he tells them his name is Professor Walland. And that he is an expert on black magic. Oh, that's scary. I got scared just then. Sorry. Can we turn the lights back on? Spooked? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit bit skilled. He then starts telling them that they're wrong and that Jesus did definitely exist. And he starts recounting the story of Jesus' final hours to them. Okay. Okay. And this is actually. Well documented. Yeah. (laughs) And this is our second story throughout the book. Right. Part is set in Moscow in the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. The other part is 2,000 years earlier in Jerusalem where Pontius Pilate is the procurator in charge of Judea. Yep. Okay. This is plot number two. Got yep. it. And in the second story, Pontius Pilate, which is being told to us now by this uh, scary seven-foot-tall man. Walland. Yeah, Walland is like, oh, let me tell you about it. Pontius Pilate. And then it sort of goes chapter two and then it actually just says the story rather than, and then he said, and then they said, it's just like we're reading a story. Yeah, okay. uh, Pontius Pilate, that would be so annoying. <laughs> oh, I'd like it. <laughs> I prefer that. <laughs> Can we rewrite? Can we do a little rewrite? Pontius Pilate questions the beliefs of Yeshua Ha Nazri, which means Jesus the Nazarene. Okay. Sure. It's another name for Jesus. Sure. Okay. And this is one where I will might say Yeshua or I might say Jesus. I'm sorry. I said I'd only say one Russian name, but when it comes to these uh, ancient, you know, these biblical yep. names, maybe give me a bit of creative license. That's okay. <laughs> That's, That's fine, fine by me, Cobra. Fine by Cobra. Thank you so much. <laughs> So Pontius Pilate, he's in charge of, you know, he's sort of the one that, uh, you know, the law stops with him and he's questioning Jesus about his beliefs. And uh, this guy, Yeshua, Jesus, is open and honest, but he undermines the rule of the Romans. And after being pressured, Pontius Pilate reluctantly is like, all right, I'm sorry, I've got to sentence you to death for that. Yeah, you, yep. according to our laws. Yeah, according to our laws. You know, you're questioning, you know, you're questioning, you know, the top dog, the emperor's over here. Mm, I'm sorry. None of that. We've got a, you know, it's punishable by death. Up mm. on the cross. But he didn't want to do it. That's what, okay. what, what the, book, the book says. Yeah. So that's plot number two. Meanwhile, okay. back in Moscow, as the mysterious Walland finishes this story, mm. 
Berlioz and Bez Domini, the two guys in the park, realise, oh, my God, it's suddenly evening. This strange man has been speaking for a long time. But he's a compelling storyteller, <laughs> so the time flies. Exactly. Yeah, it's when that you're having good. fun with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, another name for the book. It could have been having fun with Jesus. <laughs> it should have been called having fun with Jesus. <laughs> the subtitle. <laughs> yeah, having fun with, a footnote on the cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or having fun with Jesus. <laughs> the Master and Margarita, a.k.a. having fun with Jesus. Choose your own title. You've had to choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own title. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's been speaking forever. (laughs) And when the men challenge his tale as just a tale, they're like, all right, mate, we've all heard stories from the Bible. This isn't real. Mm -hmm. The Professor Wallen says, oh, I can confirm it's real. I was there that day with Pontius Pilate. (laughs) I don't think so. And they're like, all right, this guy's definitely crazy. Yeah, sure. I think uh, Best Omni even says, just let me ask you one question, sir. Have you ever been in a mental asylum? Right. That's a bold game. And then Berlioz, Berlioz sort of elbows him like, shut up, yeah. that's rude, man. Yeah, that's, that is rude. <laughs> Even if we do think this guy's a little off, you don't want to say stuff like that. Ixnay on the entomate. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. A bit, he's, that's, one, it's rude. Two, he's a really big dude. I don't want to you know, yeah, annoy yeah. this man. Yeah, seven foot tall. But it's only at that point they look into the man's eyes and realise one is green. And the other is black, would you believe? Oh, don't even believe it. Yeah. David okay. Bowie. Oh, my God, be David Bowie. It's David, seven-foot-tall David I can't, Bowie. That is music to my ears because I started imagining David Bowie when that happened, okay? <laughs> then throughout the book I'm going to introduce some some other characters and then mm. I started imagining nearly all of the people associated with this guy, Wolland. They could be played by David Bowie. And I'm going to, when I introduce them to you, I want you to imagine Bowie because I think this yep. could be, sadly, if he hadn't passed... It's a missed opportunity they didn't do like a Nutty Professor, the Clump Star thing where David Bowie was playing yeah. every single character. Which every sh- film should be made like, by the way. <laughs> one cast member. Exactly. I mean, That's, why do you need extras? Why do yeah. you need, you know, supporting characters? Come That's on. the hill that I'll die on. <laughs> <laughs> and it should always be Eddie Murphy. Always Eddie Murphy. It has to be. Gosh, he's talented. God, he's good. He's very good. I love him as Donkey and Shrek. That's yeah. one of my favourite roles he ever played. <laughs> Can we hear an impression? Uh, Shrek! Shrek! <laughs> That's good. That's pretty good. And, and I know you also do a great Shrek because you could do all the roles. Come on, donkey. <laughs> There's no time for that, donkey. I'm green, donkey. That's good. That is, yeah. And can I just ask one final oh, one? One course, final one. It doesn't need to be a final one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got all day. I don't want to push my luck. as long as you need. But I know, what if Hugh yeah. Grant was in the swamp with Shrek? What would that sound like? Here we go. Hugh, what are you doing over there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God, he's wow. so, oh my god! <laughs> and then elbows in the back. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. wow, bonus, 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 Elmo, <laughs> and digs his back yeah, up. Exactly, <laughs> digs it finally relaxed on the floor. I feel weird doing impressions in front of one of our great impressionists in Australia, uh, comedian Stephen Hall, because uh, in your show mm. you do so many wonderful impressions. He does Dave Hughes. You do so many. I always bring up Dave Hughes. I don't know why Dave Hughes is my go-to win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you do. He's Homer Simpson. He's Homer one of the Simpson. Greats. I, we don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. if Homer was in, in in the in the swamp with Shrek and, and Hugh Grant. El- Elmo and Hugh Grant, what what would that sound like? <laughs> it's getting crowded in here. It's donkey. <laughs> You're back, crowd. Don't forget that. Forty <laughs> six going right on. <laughs> <laughs> Your hot crowd never forget that. Good on you, good on me. Doing a type five in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> He'll gig anywhere. Yeah, he loves God, it. He's, he's prolific. a gig pig. He's prolific. Yeah, he is absolutely. <laughs> well, that was fantastic. That's brought it to life for us. Oh, Excellent. So yeah, well, now I'm really into this book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally something for you. <laughs> <laughs> Every role played by David Bowie. Got yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> look, this seven foot tall, tall thin man, he's yeah. got a black eye, he's got a green eye. They've looked yeah. into his face and then he asked them if they think, he's like, okay, you don't believe in any of that stuff, but. 
what about the devil? Do you think the devil exists? <laughs> and they say, no, we don't believe in Satan. No, because they're, they're state-sanctioned atheists. Exactly, exactly. Mm. They're like, what are you talking about? No. Mm. Who then, always ask people if they're from mental asylums. <laughs> yeah. Rude state sanction. Yeah. Very That's rude. Right. Thank you. Very Thank rude. Yeah. Uh, Berlioz, the editor, parts on the group and walks to a tram station where he proceeds to slip on some sunflower oil that has been spilt. He falls onto the tracks and his head is cut off by the train being driven by a woman. He makes eye contact with her just before his head cuts off. What does All- he do then? He dies. Can you believe? And he said, "What did you do?" I just don't understand. Not getting into my head. He dies. What happened then? Then what? So the prediction came true. Exactly. Wallen's prediction has come come true. Slipped on some sunflower oil. So if you haven't already guessed it, I mean, he hasn't been very subtle about it. Mm. Walland is in fact the devil himself. Oh no, devil incarnate. He was this hiding in the details. He is Satan. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. He was really uh, hiding the details. Hey, you ever heard of uh, Satan? Could, he's a pretty good guy, don't you think? Just trying to spread he's very the handsome, word. isn't he? Yeah, well, you know about Satan apart from yeah, being yeah. handsome. He's, tall. Tall. he's very tall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to a bit of word association. I'll say, uh, Satan, what do you What do you think? <laughs> handsome, hot, see? Yeah, hot. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> yes. Get another great impression from me. So Walland is in fact the devil and stuff. We find that out and after this introduction, he and his crew, he's got a crew, go around Moscow terrorising the city in different ways and in his posse he has a few characters and these are all the people I was imagined, David Bowie. I see. You've got uh, Azazello, who is a short man with fiery red hair and a fang jutting out of his mouth at all times. Sounds like Diggs. Wow. Yeah. He's got one big fang. Okay, we could have D- Diggs <laughs> or David Bowie. He's not a short man Bowie. with red hair. He's a dog. Okay, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, don't label it. That's him. okay. <laughs> okay. So that's David Bowie number okay. one. Yep. Or number two, if the devil is also him. Yep. Then you've got uh, Korovyev, Wallen's assistant, described as an ex-choir master. He wears checkered pants and those pins-nez glasses. You know those ones that don't have arms but just clip onto your nose and oh, just sort of I sit like there? Them. Yeah. Wears those at all time. Very cool guy, obviously. I always wanted to get the pull-apart glasses. You know, when you just chat and someone you pull them apart, people's yeah. mind will be blown every time. You were from a mental asylum. <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, there's ones that are half uh, sunglasses, half Regular glasses. I like those. They, they, you know, they, they oh, the flip down? No, 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 I was thinking about the ones that actually change tint when you go inside. Oh, but they, they are annoying. They, I've had those ones. Yeah. They never quite transition, so you're sort of walking around <laughs> with half glasses, half sunnies at all time. That's why you need the flip down every time. Works yeah, every, every time. Every time. <laughs> the choice is yours, time. one of each. And the ladies want. love it. The ladies love it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to rest one eye? Flip it down. <laughs> and they break them apart. This is this is going to be harder for Bowie, but I believe in him. Then we've got Hella, who is a beautiful red-headed female succubus slash vampire who turns others into vampires by biting them. Cool. But I think Bowie could do it. Bowie could, could easily do it. Easily. Because you remember him as the goblin king in Labyrinth. I mean, it's yeah. that kind of look, only just with yes. a different wig. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's right. It's pretty easy. We'll get the wig department on board and that's yeah. fine. And finally, and probably most famously with the story, we have Behemoth, who is a human-sized talking black cat. Okay, David Bowie as well. David Bowie in a cat suit. Yep. He's that, he's that or good. we could get James Corden from the film Cats. <laughs> in case there are any songs. Yeah, in case there are any songs. Yeah. And, and in case that we need someone to thrust weirdly at the camera. That's Remember right, that? that's when right, he, yeah, when yeah. When they sort of did a flash mob and he was thrusting at a car and everyone was like, geez, that looks a bit weird. So he walks up right on his hind legs, this cat, and he just and he, and he chats and he's a bit of a, a smart ass. He, he likes chess, he likes vodka, he likes making bad jokes. Vodka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of Sylvester from the Warner Brothers cartoons. 
Because he walks on his hind legs, doesn't You're he? Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's black and white, though. He's got a white tummy, I think. Mm. Yeah. But he's not just all black, but um, yeah, and he's quite sarcastic and stuff. That's he? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like that. We so can cast him. We can make <laughs> if he's still working. <laughs> if we can make a David Bowie exception and put yep. Sylvester in as the Voiced second. by David Bowie. Now you're talking. Yeah, just right. <laughs> animated on screen. People Great. love people, people love, that. love that. Oh yeah, that blend. Oh, can I be honest? I love Space Jam. <laughs> One of my favorite films of all time. Sure, but <laughs> I would suggest that Sylvester's eyes are different colors. Okay, <laughs> yeah, my only suggestion. Otherwise, people won't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, so that's the group. That's his crew. They they cause a bit of havoc in this book. And Bez Domney, the poet who was at the park, hears about the decapitation of Berlioz by a tram. Just a few minutes after they parted ways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he starts, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly what that guy predicted. Yep. He's clearly killed my friend. That's his. I say, that's sure. how he's rationalised. Yeah, it's well, like, that's... you know, this guy predicted it would happen. The only way yep. he could really make it happen is either he's the devil, can't be that, or he's just killed my friend, or from a mental asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Berlioz, homeless. Stop talking about it so much. It's weird the amount you bring this up. <laughs> He's just trying to find one person. <laughs> so he tries to chase down Wallen the devil because he thinks he's responsible. Mm. In the process, Bez Nominee loses his clothes. So often and then way. he goes to Massalit, which is the literary elite's trade union where all the pretentious writers hang out and they are depicted scathingly as corrupt social climbers, profiteers and, and cynics. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look good for those writers. Sounds like a bloody writers festival, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> He's done it again. <laughs> I put my headphones down and walk out. You never see me again. <laughs> I mean, you've clocked comedy. <laughs> That's right. Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> and notice I didn't make it a specific writers' festival, no. so you can't come There's at me. There's so many. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> but of course, no one will believe Bez Domney about his claims about this seven foot tall man with two different coloured eyes and his gang of misfits. And to be honest, uh, looking a little bit nutty himself. Eventually, the police are called because they can't calm him down, and he himself is placed in a mental hospital. Oh, the irony! Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. Okay, but can you keep the devil in there? That's what I'm asking right now. Well, let's read on. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I do have to go. <laughs> and then so he gets taken to this facility. Bez Domini tells the doctors there that Berlioz, his friend, died at the hands of a foreign professor who was with Pontius Pilate at the time of Jesus' death 2,000 years ago, and they do not believe him. Mm-hmm. And they go, all right, sir, you're going to need you, We're going to give you a little injection to, to calm you down. So they put him to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meanwhile, Wallen, the devil... And his cronies continue to wreak havoc on the city. The director of the Variety Theatre, which is a, an acclaimed big theatre there, a man called Styopa, mm-hmm. who was also Bez Domini, the guy who just lost his head's uh, roommate. Okay. He comes home from a night out to find, one, his roommate's gone because he doesn't know he's dead, but he's no longer. But inside is Walland, the devil, and the gang in his house. Ooh. Oh, no. And Walland shows Styopa from the Variety Theatre a contract showing that Look, I'm going to perform at your theatre this week. And here's your name. You signed it. You remember signing this? And Stoper's like, I don't remember signing that. You signed it in sunflower oil, <laughs> remember? <laughs> and he's like, yep, I've signed it, so I'm going to perform at your theatre this week. And then to get rid of That's the how man, I get all my gigs. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Got, Got you, beauty. With a magical contract. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really see the point really of this contract there because then to get rid of the man, Wallen transports Stoper uh, magically to Yalta, which is over 1,000 k- kilometres away, just to get him out of the way. You probably could have just Don't worry about the contract. Don't worry. Really. <laughs> You're that magical. If you can magic. Basically transport people a thousand K. You don't need it. Don't contract. worry about a signature. Yeah. <laughs> and then this guy's apartment becomes uh, Walland and the crew's base for the rest of the book. So they hang yeah, out sure. in this Moscow apartment. God. 
And Wallen then puts on a magical show or a magic show at the theatre. Really, the purpose of the show is to uh, show the greed of the patrons in attendance. Yeah, bit of social commentary from Bolgakov in this scene. Can imagine I say. if it was. I just imagine you can say. I imagine if it was just really shit card tricks over and over again. <laughs> like he's got yeah. all the powers yeah, to actually do magic I mean, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> just was this your card? No, no. Was this your card? No. no. You're like, showing me the back <laughs> of the card. Oh, sorry. Is this your card? I swear, I just <laughs> sent a man to Yalta. Okay, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, you should have seen it. It was great. <laughs> I you guessed 48 <laughs> cards before you got the right one. <laughs> if we did that right now, how long do you reckon it would take? Obviously, the chances of the cards changes every time. But yeah. if, I, if I was like, I reckon it's a nine of diamonds, how many are you going to pull out before? 34. 34? Is that your prediction? Absolutely. Every time. I'm going to say 26. Well, I'm going to change mine. Looking around the room for a deck of cards and we'll never know because we don't have enough one. <laughs> no, I didn't think that through. <laughs> uh, one of the cronies. Korovyev, who's the moms of the Pinsner's glasses. Yes, Checker like pants. Yeah, yeah, uh, played yeah. by David Bowie, if that makes it easier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> makes it way he easier. comes out, he does a bit of the, it's like, oh, it's my turn in the magic show. He comes out, he makes money rain down on the crowd. And then they start to fight each other for the cash. The greed. The greed. Am I right? You're not wrong. The greed. Is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Good. And then the, the theatre's MC. So this theatre's got a, an MC full time mm. and he's been introducing all the acts because I guess he's contracted to do that. But then it checks he, out. Yeah. <laughs> but he accuses Korovyev of, of tricking the audience and the money not being real. And then <laughs> and Korovyev gets really annoyed by this. So he's like, you know what? Bring the cat out. And he brings a. <laughs> bring the cat bring the out. Cat. That's how I end on my shows. Yeah. And then, Come on, bring the cat out. And he, yeah. bring, he brings me with that who cuts off the man's head. <gasps> Is that how you end the shows? Every time, every time. Cut off the Bring out the cat, decapita- cut off that man's head. That's the second decapitation. So exactly. Yeah. Wow. And he violently, you know, violently does, but the, there's blood spreading everywhere, all over the crowd. Of and would you, the, cr- the crowd get upset. They don't like the MC. They don't like want it. the MC to lose his head. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, so they're anti-decapitation? <laughs> yeah. It's an anti-decapitation crowd. Yes. <laughs> One of those. Odd yeah. message in this Oh, crowd. my God. Okay. So, so they get annoyed. So, all right, Korovyev's like, fine. And then he reattaches the man's head. Oh. And he's he, he, come, back he comes life? back to life. Now that's yeah. a magic. That's, yeah, magic. that's a magic. Yeah, and was this your card? It was hidden <laughs> under his neck the whole time. Under his neck. And yeah, it's it. still not the right card. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. But I still, still, the head was the head pretty good. The head pretty was pretty good. And sending a man to your altar a thousand Ks Although no one saw that. So he brings it, brings the head back on. For his next trick, uh, Korovyev opens a, a lady's shop on stage. <laughs> Pardon? A pop-up shop. <laughs> a pop, he opens it's the, the very first pop-up shop. My next ever. trick here is a pop-up shop. Yeah, it's only it's Zara and it's only here for three weeks. <laughs> wow. Great plug as well. Yes. Zara, great stuff. All stock great must stock. go. This is a magical <laughs> yeah. time of year. <laughs> Out they go. That's so funny. It opens up the store. Yeah, some magical prices, guys. Come That's on. That's amazing. Yeah. Can I just say, if if that was your act, I'd save the head to last. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, wouldn't yeah, do yeah. the pop up. I pop wouldn't up do the pop up shop. On call. On call. Okay, yeah. I'll do the pop up shop. Here's a pop up shop. After reattaching a man's severed head, I, I think it's sort of a step back. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a far more achievable thing. Yeah, to open for a, sure. Pop up shop for three weeks only. <laughs> And the shop, it sells uh, clothes, hats, bags and carpets. But to get the new clothes, all they have to do, these ladies in the crowd, is exchange what they're wearing. So if you've got an old mm. pair of shoes, you, you change them over and you get okay. lovely. Okay. You get it. You get your bag, they'll give you a Chanel bag. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, yes, please. Exactly. And they eagerly do that. And then again, they begin to fight for the clothes. Right. Greed. Greed, Greed. 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 again. Okay. The theme here. Greed rears its ugly reattached head. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully put. Thank you. Uh, well, then there's a high-profile high guest in the crowd uh, called Arcady, and he calls out 
for the trick to be revealed earlier. He's like, all right, you cut that man's head off, you put it back on. And he says, an explanation is essential. Otherwise, your brilliant act will leave a painful impression. The audience demands an explanation. Of course. One of those people that can't Spoil just... You can't have that in magic. magic. I like to believe in magic. I don't... I, don't I absolutely believe in magic. And a magician never reveals his secrets. That's right. Do you remember that, that TV show? That weird man that? in a mask, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that weird man in a mask whose voice was all over it going, yeah. the magician that could reveal uh, the secret. He reveals the secret. Yeah. I'm pretty sure every other magician was like, I hate you. I yeah, went to lock him up. Yeah. Lock him up, Copperfield. Lock him up. Yeah. But then they did and he got out. He got out every God time. Always gets out. Houdini himself. <laughs> oh, he's <is> so good. <laughs> so this guy's like, tell us your secret. Tell us how. Tell us the secrets. And Korovev's like, all right, I'll reveal a secret. And he reveals the man's extramarital affair in front of his wife and the whole theatre. Oh. Boom. Heckle me, I'll destroy yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah I'll destroy you. An entirely time. different secret. <laughs> Bring out the cat. <laughs> Bring him out. Bring him out the cat. <laughs> Bring out the cat. <laughs> Release the cat. <laughs> Walland, who's the devil himself, then watches as everyone leaves the theatre and then there's even more chaos as all the new clothes that were given out to the women from the shop suddenly disappear, leaving them naked or barely dressed on the streets of Moscow. Or the Emperor's new clothes. Or Benny Hill. Or Benny Hill. Both funny. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Love that music. That fast music is very funny every time. And then they speed up the film and they all run around in a circle. <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. How do they do it every week? <laughs> very fit. <laughs> Meanwhile, mm. back at the at the hospital, the asylum, Bez Domney, who was the poet, committed after telling everyone about Walland, mm-hmm. has a late night visitor in his room. And this guy yes, comes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me a drink first. <laughs> okay, now that is the heart of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, you better start walking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'll call drop. from my car and finish the podcast. <laughs> Mike drop on a podcast with a smash microphone sitting on a table. Yes. This guy comes in from the window on the from the balcony and introduces himself as a fellow patient, calling himself the master. Ah, okay. of the title of the book. From the title, this is the master. Master of cem- ceremonies, MC. Yeah. Oh. Oh, could be. We don't know. About to lose his head. About to lose your head. <laughs> No, he's, this is the master from the title. Yep. He asks Bez Domini about why he was committed and then he tells his own story. Yep. Can't wait to meet Margarita. Coming up. <laughs> he tells Bez Domini that he moved to a small basement apartment and then began to write a novel Same. about. Same. You've done this? Yeah, I've done this. <laughs> My chateau. <laughs> so meet the master Peterson. <laughs> and what was your novel about? It was about margaritas and cats. Wow. <laughs> a little bit different. Margaritas little bit different. Lots of cats. The drink. Yeah, I was just drinking heaps of margaritas in my chateau. <laughs> go, release the cat. Sure. <laughs> and then people are always asking, knock on the door and going, are you all right? Are you in a mental you asylum? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had a mental rude. collapse. Yeah, very rude, actually. Well, that's really rude. <laughs> Twirling my moustache. <laughs> she. <laughs> she. <laughs> so the master's like, I moved to a small business. Sorry. No, the master's like, a small business. <laughs> I started a small business. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a shop on stage. Wow, okay, pretty impressive. It's pretty magic. Three weeks only. <laughs> no, he, he moved to a small basement apartment and began to write a novel about, hmm. would you believe it, Pontius Pilate. Oh, I don't like, believe it. Ooh. And it's later revealed to us that the secondary story about Pilate that's peppered throughout the book is, in fact, this novel. So we're reading his novel in the novel. And yet, you need to explain this to me. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> Professor Wolland was telling the story earlier. At the, yes, and at what he was recalling is in fact the same words that uh, the master is. is so, does that mean Professor Wolland and the master are one and the same person? No, they're not. But that's okay. it. Well, not in my reading, but maybe. Right. Maybe there's this a little. Your reading, right? Maybe there's a little. Could de- be. It's my be. reading of not having read the book. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I've read Chucknet. You need to know anything about it. <laughs> Dunlop. Let me know. Um, we'll do. Big tire boy over there. But maybe there's a, a little devil in all of us. 
That's actually that deep. Can we yeah, write that? I down? love that. Can we write that down? Can <laughs> so we write that down? That's the tagline for this episode. <laughs> yeah. of it's a little of the devil in all of us. The devil, you know. So yeah, that, that's the story that he, he's written. And one day, the master encountered a very beautiful woman with quote extraordinary loneliness in her eyes. Margarita. It was Margarita. Well predicted. Good night, everyone. <laughs> You've been a hot crowd. Never forget that's that. That's the end of the book. <laughs> good on you. Good on me. <laughs> it is Margarita from the other person of the book, and they fell immediately in love when of they met. Course. And despite her already being married, the two started <laughs> seeing each other and hanging out in this little basement where he also wrote the Pontius Pilate. Well, I would say she doesn't have lonely in her eyes if she's married and now with yeah, him as well. She's got a lot going on. She's got a lot going on. You can be married and lonely. Is that true? Can, yeah, I think you can. Okay. It's, it's, it's science. <laughs> the saddest thing would be <laughs> being married and lonely and having an affair and still being lonely. Oh, that was the worst of all feelings. Triple whammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much and not enough at the same time. <laughs> she encouraged the master to finish his novel on Pontius Pilate, but his editor hated it and it was absolutely slammed by the critics, especially by a guy called Latunsky. Latunsk. That piece of work. <laughs> oh, I don't know Is about he that. a critic? Is Latunsky a critic? A critic. Oh, you know what they're like. Yeah, you know exactly. They're like. Oh. We're not writing to you, mate. Yeah. It's your interpretation. And this rejection and criticism caused the master to go into a deep depression that developed that soon developed into a full-on mental breakdown. Oh, no, where's he ending up? Margarita promised to return the next day mm. and then stay with him forever. And forever. Leave, <laughs> and leave. Old promise. <laughs> She's like, all right, I'll leave. I can see you're going through a, you know, a hard time. I'm going to leave my husband for you. I'll be back tomorrow. Yep. And that's the start of a new life. Of course. But before she returned, the master committed himself to the mental health facility, <sighs> saying he didn't want her to have to be with him after his breakdown. He's like, I don't want your life to be caring for me. Mm. He hopes that she has since been able to forget him. Right. But it's in quite her a eyes, sacrifice. In, beautiful. Yes. But in her eyes, one day he just disappeared. Yes. Mm. So, so many unanswered questions for poor old Margarita. Poor old Margarita. Too many. Spicy Margarita, if you ask me. Two people in a life like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way you're rubbing your lip up to that. Very nice. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Let that get nothing. <laughs> Went down like a lead balloon. I like that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Having a good time up here. Oops, suck the energy out of the room. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Great crowd. <laughs> I've said something incredibly offensive. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that night we get a bit more of the Pontius Pilate story as Bez Domni dreams about it. So now we're getting a bit of the, mm. the, the story from a dream. So everyone is – They feel, I feel like they're all at least co-authors of this book. Yeah, mm. yeah. Very complicated. Yeah, Very a lot going on. Yeah. <clears throat> and in this dream, this is back in the 2000 years ago, Yeshua or Jesus is executed – on the cross, and afterwards what? a man... Yeah, can you believe okay. it? <laughs> afterwards, a man who had been following him, a guy called Matthew Levi, cuts down the body of Yeshua mm. and rescues the body. Mm-hmm. One of the disciples, bit of Matthew there. Yep, mm. got it. Mm. Back in Moscow, the morning after the chaos of the magic show and the ladies' shop at the Variety Theatre, more strange things are going on around town. Money is now turning into insects. Wow. Yep. A man from the Commission on Lighter Entertainment, which is a great great uh, job title. Part, part of the BBC, did they <laughs> give us the two Ronnies, I think, and, and uh, maybe the goodies? <laughs> lighter Entertainment. Oh, sorry, okay. Sound corrected. <laughs> Even lighter than that. Yeah, lighter. <laughs> wow. Uh, but this guy's disappeared and only his suit remains and it's talking and conducting business as usual. Sure. 
It's a lot of fantastical yeah, albums. Yeah, great. It's yeah. a bit of fun. Other workers at the commission continually break into song and they can't stop themselves from singing. They're mm-hmm. like, please, I need to stop singing. Oh, my God, here it comes. And they start, you know, James Cordoning along. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. all a bit wacky. Yeah. Oh, Make a great movie. Real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when Soko, with David Bowie, of course. Yeah, naturally. Of course. And Sylvester the cat. <laughs> and Sylvester <laughs> If Stallone. we can get him. <laughs> yeah. If we can get him. Get that drawing of the cat. <laughs> When Sokov, who's the manager of the bar at the theatre from the night before, confronts Walland about the fake cash that was given out of the show and that people used at his bar, he's a bit annoyed about that, mm. Walland tells him not to worry as he has only nine months left to live anyway as he has liver cancer. And he's like, what? That's how I, how I always say that when I'm confronted with my own counterfeit. <laughs> Can I just say, this? I'm, I'm starting to think that this devil's a bit of a bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a good person. Oh, Satan. Yeah, you're, not, very nice. you're not a fan? Okay. No. I liked I'm him up until this point. I'm reserving judgment. But, you know, the, the more I hear about this Satan fellow, the less I care for him. <laughs> Uh, book one of two, don't worry, it's about two-thirds of the of the way through because uh-huh. I always panic people when I say, this is only part one, uh, ends with a line from the narrator who suddenly addresses us saying, we do not know what other marvels happened in Moscow that night and we shall not, of course, try to find out, especially as the time is approaching to move into the second half of this true story. Follow me, reader. And that's the end of part one. Fun. So that's oh, book yeah. one of two. Does everything everything seem to make sense so far? You're following who these people are. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, You've done think, a, such a great job. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're recounting it really well yeah. and I'm mm. absolutely following along. Absolutely. And, it, and um, yeah, set, there's some great imagery in there. It sounds like yeah. like the suits the suits talking and walking by themselves. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that I yeah. found it could be a great that, film. Has it been film? Has it been adapted to a film at all? <clears throat> I, believe it, I believe it has in, in, in my research. Oh, uh, please afternoon. tell us, I haven't seen oh, it. Yeah, okay. please. Uh, no, this afternoon With, I did. With uh, Eddie Murphy <laughs> playing <laughs> all the roles. No, they okay. didn't have the presence of mind to do that. <laughs> but I think over the years there have been various TV adaptations oh. and, and a various films. There was a Russian film which wasn't released for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's had a sort of, it, it's captured a lot of people's imaginations. And I, I also. And, Certainly ours. Yeah, that's right. And it inspired uh, Mick Jagger in the writing of Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, really? my gosh, that is a fun fact. Yeah, yeah it's good, isn't it? Save it for uh, the fact check at the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll do that again. Love that. I hung around St. Petersburg and yeah, all that. Um, wow. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's like you say, a cult classic and people who like it really, really like it and lots of bands have recorded songs about wow, it. Wow, okay. been inspired by it. and mm-hmm. Very inspirational. Um, yeah. <laughs> inspired me. Yeah. I'm going to go out and write a book now. It's inspired me to open a pop-up Zara store that's <laughs> open for three weeks only. Everything must go. Could do well. I'm looking now. There also could be an upcoming 2024 film based on it. Right. Did you see that come up? Apparently it's yeah. been pushed multiple times. Mm. Currently scheduled for uh, 2024. You'll be pleased to know Behemoth the Cat will be created using CGI. Excellent. So it could ah, be Sylvester. Yes. 2D drawings. <laughs> could Love be. that. Love that CGI. I believe that's what it is. That's what CGI stands for, yeah. 2D drawing. <laughs> 2D drawing. Unless I miss my guess. <laughs> And it looks like originally they were going to call it Walland, but now it's uh, changed back to the Master and Margarita. I like that. Yeah, it's inspired also. Oh, and Baz Luhrmann's bought the rights, hasn't he? I think Baz Luhrmann's bought the rights um, most recently. And is that the 2024 film you're talking about? No, this looks uh, like a mm. Russian production. Right. And there have been previous Russian productions, I think. Is that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm and, loving it. And it's critically I'm acclaimed. It. Some, like, and I read, you know, some... Critics rated as one of the best novels of the 20th century. Wow. Awesome. Yes, it they haven't did. read Sharknet. Sorry? They haven't read Sharknet. They haven't read Sharknet. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a favour. 
Read Sharknet. <laughs> Read Sharknet. It's my plug for Sharknet that I do on every podcast I'm ever on. <laughs> do yourself a favour. <laughs> or any Bryce Courtney novel. Oh. Do, do yourself a favour. <laughs> when I moved into my new, new, what was my new place then a few years ago. Bragging. Introduced to the neighbours. nice. Yeah. Bryce and Courtney. Oh. Was it one person? <laughs> wow. There was a couple that, and they sort of paused for it and I was like, I'm not going to say it, but I'm thinking it. No, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Bryce introduced himself, so I'm Bryce, and then turned around again and said, and Courtney. <laughs> it's me, famous author, Bryce Courtney. <laughs> Most celebrated author in Australia, Bryce Courtney. Bryce Courtney. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, let's crack into book two, which opens with another line from the narrator. It says, follow me, reader. Who told you that there is no such thing as real, true, eternal love? Cut out his lying tongue. Follow me, reader, and only me, and I will show you that love. Mm. The master was wrong when he told Bez Domini with such bitterness in the hospital that hour before midnight that she had forgotten him. It was impossible. Of course she had not forgotten him. And the second half is very much about margarita. Right. About time. Here we go. About the spicy mug. (laughs) Spicy mug. (laughs) Went better the second time. Extra spice. (laughs) Brought it back. Can I ask you a question? This yeah, is way off topic. <laughs> How are you? No, no. Um, have you seen Friends? <laughs> no. Uh, th- this. <laughs> uh, uh, good. Yes. Favorite um, episodes. Uh, no. So, do you always buy a physical book? Uh yes. Yeah. <gasps> this is great because I didn't know if you were a, a bit of a Kindle guy or. Hey, really? You like right. a physical yeah, copy of the I book like, every time? No, I don't have any Kindle. I'm trying to think. Was there any? Every now and then, there might have been a play I've done in the past. I can't remember off the top of my head here that it was difficult to get a hard copy, so I did it on the uh, yeah okay an, an ebook. But yeah, are you a, are you a physical book guy? I like holding them. I am, but I also have a Kindle, and I, I like my Kindle, and I also like audio books. I must confess. Yeah, audio books. Yeah. I like audio books too. Yeah. Love them. Do you yeah. do audio books for this podcast? Like, do you sometimes consume the books that way? Yes. Book cheat available on all the podcast apps. By the way, that's the one. Yeah, for There's a little devil inside all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a couple. I would say maybe it's not that many. Maybe one in ten. I would do right. an audio audiobook version of some mm. of the longer ones. I remember doing Jane Eyre. Oh yeah, audio book that was very mm. very good. Great book. Yep. And what's another one I've mm, done. It's no Sharknet. It's no, 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 that's true. Uh, I have done the, Sharknet. of course, done the audiobook of Sharknet. Fantastic. <laughs> do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I read this one on holiday, so that was. Holiday read for me. She is. <laughs> yeah, no time to do anything. Else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the second half is about Margarita. She is sad and alone after what she thinks is the disappearance of her beloved master. That's uh, his name, not, yeah, <laughs> not, not his. Not their relationship. <laughs> exactly, exactly. She doesn't know where he is. She soon meets Azazello, the creature with the, the fang tooth. Yep. Oh, yes. And one day she's sitting on a park bench looking sad and he saddles up next to her. And I imagine you notice pretty quickly when a man with a fang tooth. <laughs> Trying to say anything. Are you David Bowie? <laughs> Are you from a mental hospital? <laughs> just breaking well, the ice. Just breaking the ice. 
She thinks at first he is uh, a lunatic. Oh, God. But he confirms to her that the master is in fact alive. She's like, how do you know anything about the master? Mm. And he says that he's able to take her to someone who can give her even more information about his whereabouts. Azazello gives her a little box with magic cream inside and instructs her to rub it all over her body at half past nine that evening and then he disappears. Okay. Checks out. If that <laughs> if that happened, are you are you putting the cream on? I'm putting the cream on every time. At 9.30pm? It's from Mecca Cosmetica. Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't, but, you know, I'm not Margarita. I'm, I'm not in her shoes. So, yeah. And, you know, she's, and she's missing her exactly. Willing, partner very much. If this is the, the only lead she's got to find mm. him. So she, at 9.30, comes around, she puts the cream on as instructed and, and she turns into a witch. Oh, no. She's oh, like, what the heck? Azazella, what the heck? <laughs> Azazella calls her on the phone, phone rings. It's, oh. hey, it's the guy from the park. Yeah. He tells her what to do. She flies from the window on a broom. He sends her a broom mm. and then she becomes invisible to everyone else. Classic oh, witch uh, behaviour. Okay, I'm, I'm coming around to yeah. this cream. I, I like the <laughs> idea of this cream. What, what's your first act? If you're on a broom, you're invisible, you can do yep. obviously do whatever you want. What are you going to do? Stand up on it and then do the do the thing where they uh, go around. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Upside down, upside down, upside down. Because you're still learning how to do it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's a bit embarrassing if people saw that. Then I'd probably catch a quidditch. And you? Okay. Oh, right. Uh, you, I see. Um, <laughs> I thought I did a Harry Potter thing. Yeah, it's yeah, all, Harry, with that. all Harry Potter. I would just <laughs> probably, oh, I'd probably go fly through the zoo. Yeah, have a look at all the animals. Yeah, not pay admission. <laughs> wow, okay, so yours is mostly about saving money. <laughs> yeah, sneak into places where I'm not meant to go. Like do the drive-in yeah. cinema, watch the movie for free. Yeah, there you go. Um, fly into a bank vault, get a load of cash. That's fine. Fly out <laughs> I hope it's real cash. Bloody hell! Uh, oh my god! Turn oh my into god. insects. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> what about revenge? As her first act of business as an invisible witch, she flies straight to the critic Latunsky's house. Yeah. He's the one that gave a scathing review of the master's novel on Pontius Pilate yeah. and she thinks caused his breakdown. Yeah. So she goes and haunts his house and then starts flooding it. Flooding it? Yeah. That's novel. Yeah. Okay. Bit of fun. Cop that. And what happens to Latunsky? He gets really, really freaked out because yeah. there's an invisible witch. Does he drown? Or? No, no. Okay. No oh. death. Okay. But just a lot of freak out. Okay. Just sure. a bit of permanent scarring. Yeah, <laughs> so he never yeah. writes a mean yeah. review again. Yeah. <laughs> That'll teach him. She then flies over the Soviet Union all over and eventually stops at what is Satan's Spring Ball, mm. where Margarita is invited to be the host. Korovyev, who's one of the offsiders, tells her, he's the one with the little glasses. I am. He says, it has become a tradition that the hostess of the ball must be called Margarita, and secondly, she must be a native of the place where the ball is held. We, as you know, are always on the move and happen to be in Moscow at present. We have found 121 Margaritas in Moscow, and would you believe it, none of them were suitable. Wow. But they think she's got what it takes to host the ball. Absolutely. Okay. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. Because she thinks, you know, it might result in her meeting the master again. That's her goal. She just wants That's to That's her goal, yeah. She's like, I'll do whatever you want because you're obviously, there's some magic going on here. And yes. you said you know about yep. the master and I want to find out about the master, mm-hmm. so I'll do this. I'm, yeah, beholden to you. Yep. Yep. Uh, standing next to Korovyev, she welcomes a series of dark and twisted historical figures as they arrive from hell for Satan's ball. Mm. And she's told to be equally kind to everyone. And then a bunch of murderers and poisoners and people come through one after another. And she has to say, hello, hello, you're looking well. Great to see you. <laughs> yeah, okay, I never forget that. <laughs> Pleasant journey from hell. Traffic all right. <laughs> yep. Uh, one woman catches her eye and she asks her about her story. And the woman is plagued by a handkerchief that appears on her bedside table every morning. 
This is a haunting story and uh, an assault trigger warning coming up here. You can skip ahead if you don't want to hear this, but she burns or destroys it every day, but then the, the next day the handkerchief turns up. Mm. And the story is very tragic, like I said. She gave birth to a baby after being assaulted and then having no means to feed the baby, she suffocated it with this handkerchief. Mm. Very tragic, Disturbing. very dark stuff. Mm. And now she's gone to hell for the, for, you know, for, for the crime and she's destined to be haunted by the piece of cloth forever. Wow. And it's clearly... Affecting her a lot. Yeah. And Margarita feels very sorry for this woman. Sure. Yes, of course. After an exhaustingly long night, the ball wraps up and magically disappears and Margarita is transported back to Wallen's apartment in Moscow and she is offered a drink and she says, is that vodka? And the cat behemoth jumped up in his seat and said with indignation, I beg pardon, my queen. Would I ever allow myself to offer vodka to a lady? This is pure alcohol. Bit of fun. I love that. That's okay. a good joke. Bit of fun there. That's fun. I like that. You're <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pesky. Yes. Yeah. Sucker and sucker That's him. <laughs> so the ball's gone well. Bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm loving it. It's a good impression. Thank you. It's very good. Because uh, there'd be a, a sequel where you wrote to some of your animated heroes. Oh, that's fun. Mm, yeah, All the course. characters in Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. big blue guy. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I've got to go. <laughs> go and write a whole show. I've got to go and write a show. <laughs> uh, for her help with the ball, to say thanks, Wallen offers to make her deepest wish come true. Mm-hmm. Great. And selflessly, she chooses to free the woman from the ordeal of being haunted by the handkerchief mm, forever yes. and ever and ever. And Wallen grants her wish but then for her selflessness offers to grant her another. Ooh, great. He's like, all right, I'll do that, but you can have something for yourself too. And she wishes to be reunited with her lost love, the master. Yes. And she is. Uh, out of us for bottomless wishes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh. Or Tim Tan. Or Tim Tan. Ever filling Tim Tan. He is transported into the apartment, the master. Great. Where he thinks he must still be in the asylum, but that his mental illness has progressed to hallucinations because oh, he can't believe. No. It. Yeah. He will not accept it. The Mar- Margarita is so excited to see him. She's like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "You, you can't be real. This real. is actually a sign of me not doing well." So he's yeah. not actually happy about it. It's tragic, <laughs> though. Yes, it's tragic. I know. Very it's sad. like Behemoth the cat then magically produces a copy of the master's previously burnt manuscript on Pontius Pilate because part of his thing with his breakdown is he burnt the script because no one liked it. Yeah. Mm. And the couple are whisked away. They return to the basement apartment where the lovers used to meet. And then Margarita reads the master's manuscript and nurses him back to health. She's like, I promise you I'm real. I'm going to make you feel better. Yep. Great. We then cut back to our other story to Pontius Pilate. Mm. who feels guilty for his condemnation of Yeshua slash Jesus. He feels so bad that he secretly approves of a plot to assassinate Yehuda of Kerioth, also known Judas Iscariot, oh. the man who betrayed Jesus. Sure. He's like, all right, take him out. Maybe that'll uh, atone for my sin of taking out this guy <laughs> who I'm starting to think might have actually been telling the truth. Right. <laughs> I think he might have been the son of God. Oh, my gosh. Is my face red? <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wish I could take this back. Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Pilate dreams of having a philosophical discussion with Jesus himself. Even though Jesus is dead now. Yeah, yep. he, he dreams of talking sure. to him. Mm. So do I, every now. Do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into it. I won't talk about <laughs> no it. Ask him if you've seen friends. No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> you seen friends? Very <laughs> The one where Jesus comes back. 
It's a good one. French restaurants. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he wakes up from the dream after having a discussion with Jesus in the dream uh, to the news of Judas's murder. He's like, all right, well, I did that. Job done. Matthew Levi, who's the man who cut down Jesus' body, um, and come, he comes along and says, I've hidden the body in a cave. Pilate offers him money, but he refuses it and declares, no, my intention is now to kill Judas Iscariot. And oh. Pilate's like, ah, uh, I already did that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, here five minutes ago. Uh, that was my dream. <laughs> so that's what's going on back 2,000 years ago. Meanwhile, back in Moscow, the usually on top of everything authorities have no idea what is going on. You know, it's usually a very repressed society. Yes, yes. But all this crazy stuff is happening. Mm. They've received multiple baffling reports about the behaviour of Walland and, and co., Police arrive at the apartment that Walland has turned into his base and there is a gunfight between them and the giant, seemingly bulletproof cat behemoth. Fantastic. Like, they keep shooting at this cat and nothing happens. <laughs> That's awesome. Thankfully, nobody's injured, not even, especially not the cat, but behemoth escapes out the window after setting the apartment on fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> And then throws a petrol bomb. <laughs> The whole building begins to burn, and as everyone evacuates, some people notice some mysterious silhouettes flying out the window. Oh, so that's yes. the other. Yeah, the rest the other, of the gang. The gang, the gang. all escaping. Yep. Uh, Behemoth, the cat, and Korovyev, guy with the glasses, then go to Masalit, the place where all the pretentious riders hang out. Mm. The riders mm-hmm. festival, you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Here we go, Sam. Come on. Yeah. Burn them again. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it again. Not gonna do it again. <laughs> you hate all riders, we know. They couldn't hack it. They couldn't take it. Uh, men show up to try and kill Behemoth and Korovia, but they disappear. But then uh, not before Masalit also catches on fire and burns to the ground. <laughs> so everything they touch turns to uh, ash at this point. Sure, sure, sure. They're arsonists. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Well, it's everything else. They really are, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> While the fires are burning and there's chaos around the city, the devil, Walland, and Azazello, the guy with the, the fang tooth, mm. sit on the terrace of a high building that looks across Moscow and they're watching sort of these fires. Thinking about all their good work. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the devil after all. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. See, that, that's one of mine. Yeah, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. And Walden remarks, an interesting city, Moscow, don't you think? And Azazello responds, I prefer Rome, Messiah. And oh, okay. Walden says, huh, it's a matter of taste. <laughs> Are they good setting line? up a sequel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Something's going on here. Yeah. It's setting up, I think it's setting up the fact that they do this all the time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. They're all over. <laughs> uh, their musings are interrupted by the arrival of Matthew Levi, the man who'd cut down Jesus' body. So the two stories, 2,000 years apart, are now crossing in over. The present day. Interesting. In the present day. It's not love, Moscow. actually. Yeah. Is it? All these stories. Running through the around. airport. You're running through the airport <laughs> at the end. Is that bit? Is that, okay. that exact bit? <laughs> Can't you, you get this? You get this? Oh, just. Yeah, that, yeah, just. Yeah. Is, Hugh Grant, is Hugh Grant there? Hugh Grant was, yeah, 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 Hugh Grant's there. Uh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, there he is. He's there. He's around. Thought he might be. <laughs> so uh, this guy, Matthew, from 2000 years ago, mm. turned up to speak with the devil. And Matthew says he's come to Moscow because, quote, he sent me. Oh. Matthew says that he is his disciple. Implying Jesus. Yes, sure. And Matthew says, he has read the master's writing. This is Jesus. has read the master's writing and asked you to take the master with you and reward him by granting him peace. He also asked for peace for the woman that loves him, Margarita. And Walland agrees and instructs Azazello to make it happen. Wow. Make it happen. So Jesus has read the story written about Jesus by the master. Yeah. And 
in which he is a character. Yes. And so Jesus is now saying, hey, I like that story. Uh, Due to my magical powers, we want to confer blessings upon the master. Yes, but he says, and the devil's like, well, why don't you just ask Jesus to do it? He's also got powers. And he says, no, I don't want to give him eternal life. I want to give him eternal happiness. And for some reason, the devil can do that. Okay. Can set him free. Wow, without one wish. Yeah. All right. And then he's like, make it happen. So Azazella goes and sees the master and Margarita in their basement apartment where yes. Margarita has now finished reading her lover's manuscript about Pontius Pilate. It's all coming together, very what, complicated. What do you think? She's like, ah, oh, one thumbs it's up. It's fine. One yeah, thumbs yeah. up. I think the critic was right. <laughs> it's no sharpness. <laughs> Azazella then gives them a bottle of wine as a gift from the devil, Wolland. Gee, that's nice. That's nice. And he's like, you know, you know that Pontius Pilate you've written you've written that book about. He actually drank this same wine. This is magic wine. Oh, this is two thousand years old. Which yeah. I'd be like, I don't know if this is, I can trust yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good vintage that's, that. No, that's the thought that counts, but still. <laughs> but you know, they they cheers to Wolland for bringing them back together. You know, uh-huh. they're cheersing the devil, which is you know uh-huh. dangerous thing to do. Yes. And the the drink actually poisons the master and Margarita, <sighs> who collapse. Oh no, that devil. However. <laughs> Soon Azazella revives them and they are now dead, but they are ready for the next part of their journey, the afterlife. Okay. She's like, all right, for me to take you to the next place, I've got to actually kill you. (laughs) Okay. But then then, is there still the promise of eternal happiness in the afterlife? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there is. It's like, all right, Jesus asked me to do this. We'll do him a favor, (laughs) even though I'm working for the devil. It doesn't, (laughs) you know, historically they don't get along that well. (laughs) It's a bit of demarcation here, isn't there? Yeah. Azazella, then, would you believe, sets fire to the apartment? Oh, of course, of course. Addicted to that sort yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, they're all pyromaniacs. Yeah, they love it. They love That's it. That's right. And all three of them, Azazella, the Master and Margarita, all mount black horses and fly away. Sure. The horses fly? Yeah. That's cool. Flying That's cool in the film. Into the, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Into the afterlife. And presumably. Yes, on, yeah. the, on their way to them. Well, they're on, on their way to the afterlife, they make a stuff up. Stop off at the hospital to bid farewell to the poet Bez Domney. Oh, That's yeah. nice. What a lovely stop off. Yeah, because yeah. he was he was you know sort of listening yeah. to the story earlier, and now they're like, "Hey, see ya." He's <laughs> collateral Bye. collateral damage in all of this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the three on horseback then fly away and meet up with Wolland, Korovyev, and Behemoth the cat, yep. who are also <clears> sitting <throat> on their own black horses. Yep. And they take they take. Sure. It's a pussy cat riding a horse. <laughs> That's a fun visual. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Paddle up, buster. <laughs> yes, good. They take off again and Margarita notices that the devil and his crew have actually all changed in appearance. She's seeing what they really look like. So mm. on Earth they were, they'd taken up these these bodies. Ah, shapeshifters. Yeah, they are mm. shapeshifters. Behemoth the cat is actually really a jester. Oh. Okay. Korovyev well, with that with that alcohol line before, quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. everyone agrees that. Very funny person. It's witty. It's very witty. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. About vodka. <laughs> the vodka thing. This is pure Whatever alcohol. Whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Korovyev is a purple knight and even the master looks different. Suddenly he's rocking a white ponytail, which I think we can Ooh. all agree is pretty cool. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> very cool. Uh, they land on a flat, rocky, joyless mountaintop and spot Pontius Pilate <gasps> oh, and yeah. his dog... Banger. Banger. Who I think could be played by a little dog in this room right now. Diggs. You reckon Diggs could be? Yeah, he would love to be a part of it. He'd love to be cast. (laughs) Just an opportunity to audition. Uh, Banger and Pontius Pilate have been sitting there for 2,000 years on this mountaintop. Joyless mountaintop. Joyless mountaintop. (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, Pontius Pilate's been saying over and over again that there's no peace for him by moonlight and that his duty is a hard one because he's cursing himself for being the one that had to order Jesus be killed. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's preying on his mind. Exactly. That, oh, that was my job, but I didn't agree with it, but, you know, yeah. you know I had to do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he's fe- feeling guilty for sentencing Jesus, who he, I think, now believes is the son of God to death. Mm. Margarita begs Wallen. She's got a big heart, this Margarita. She yeah. begs Wallen, hey, do you have the power to let him go? Can you do that? Put him out of his misery as well. Torment, yeah. But the devil replies, there is no need for you to plead for him, Margarita, because his cause has already been pleaded by the man he longs to join, Jesus. Jesus. Walland turns to the master and says, now is your chance to complete your novel with a single sentence. And the book says, he, as in the master, cupped his hands to a trumpet and shouted with such force that the echo sprang back at him from the bare treeless hills. You are free, free. He is waiting for you. And with that, Pilate is free to join Jesus and he and his dog banger, okay, Dixie, <laughs> Dixie. Dixie. walk away into the moonlight and they're finally free after mm. 2,000 years because that's the end of the novel. End of which novel, though? Uh, the Pontius Pilate novel. There's right. a little bit more here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, You've got to specify so which it novel. Is, it is a happy ending for Pontius Pilate. Yes. And he has the purest forgiveness of all because Jesus forgave him for killing him. Exactly. So that's, that's beautiful. Classic Jesus. That's classic Jesus. And they Jesus. walk away together. Classic Jesus. And Banger. <laughs> he gets to have his dog in the afterlife too, yes. which would be fun. That's quite nice. That'd Thank goodness for that's that. Uh, the master asks if they are to join them. They're mm. like, are we going with them? Mm. But Wallen says he has something else in store for them. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Don't tell me they're going to go to hell after all this. But he means a lovely little house over a bridge has been set up where they can live, Master and Margarita, in love and harmony forever. So it's a happy ending for them as well. Oh, that's good. beautiful. That's not like the devil, though. No, but I guess he, every now and then you got to cut got a bit someone. Softer, a, like the got, Grinch. He's got someone growth. a break. Yes, that's yeah. right. He thought out a bit. Yeah, thought out a bit. And then finally we get to a small epilogue that tells us that after Walland, the devil had disappeared from Moscow, the police offered the explanation that many of the society have accepted. That is, a gang of brilliantly skillful hypnotists and ventriloquists had been at work. <laughs> ventriloquists? Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and a reason was found for everything, and one must admit that the explanations were undeniably sensible, mm. which is really showing the power of Soviet group thought and, and, the, and the propaganda yeah. of the media was able to spread back then. That That's right. Went, Oh, yeah, I mean, I saw, a, you know, a giant talking cat and all that sort of stuff, but it must have just been, you know, a ventriloquist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. It's a dummy. Yeah, when so get on. Yeah. It's Disney, a- all young money. <laughs> Visually, that was incredible. I just set fire to a guilty. <laughs> Again. It says, however, one thing baffled the police completely. What could have been the gang's motive for abducting a mental patient who called himself the master from a psychiatric clinic? Yes. This completely eluded them, as did the abducted patient's real name. So we never know it. He was therefore filed away forever under the pseudonym of number 18, Block I. So we mm. never learn what the master's real name is. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned that the bartender Sokov did in fact die of liver cancer months later, just as Walland had predicted, predicted. which is very sad. Very yeah, sad. It's a, yeah, it's a cheery little epilogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the narrator reports that after the mayhem caused, people began to be more suspicious of cats as agents of hypnosis. But as the years passed, people began to forget about Wallet. <laughs> but for a while there, they were literally trying to like arrest cats. Yeah. Like, Someone's hypnotising this cat. Yep. <laughs> or, or is this cat hypnotising a person? Are the cats 
hypnotists themselves. Or ventriloquists. They're worried. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Either way, either way, I'm getting rid of them. Yeah, that's right. Get rid of them. Be on the safe side. Just get rid of all the cats. Uh, Even Bez Domney, who was the poet at the start, hospitalised and visited by the master. Yep. It says, quote, now knows that in his younger days he had been a victim of criminal hypnotists and had undergone treatment and had been cured. So even he has been led to believe that it was all a figment of his imagination. Wow. Even though he experienced it all. Yeah. Yes. And, but, it, and this is the allegory for the, the Soviet sort of exactly. brainwashing. And, and exactly. Yep. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's good. But, but it does say, but every full moon he has the same dream, dreaming of Pontius Pilate and the execution. He dreams of a noseless man killing Hestus, who was crucified next to Jesus. So he has this dream every full moon. He's like, I can't shake this, this weird dream about yeah. Pontius Pilate for some reason. In the dream, Jesus walks with Pontius and assures him that the execution never even happened because, like you said, Stephen, he's given him the ultimate forgiveness. Mm. And together with mm. a large mm. dog in the dream, they constantly walk towards the moon. Um, Do they reach the moon? The, the noseless man, it is Voldemort, isn't it? Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, okay, exactly. Good, good. It's a crossover book. You need to do a bit of cross, You need to do a pop culture crossover to, to get you know some younger readers in. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. Okay. Wow. A man that appears in the dream, he recognises only as number 118, which is, of course, the master, mm-hmm. tells him that's how it ended and that everything is as it should be. And he sort of wakes up from the dream and goes, oh, I don't really understand what the dream, what's going on there, but I feel fine about it. Yeah. Well, crazy stuff happens in dreams. We all just accept Exactly. That. But mm. what if it is actually a message? <clears throat> well, it's a conversation for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the final line of the book is about Bezdomni. After his dream, it says, In the morning he wakes silent but quite calm and well. His bruised memory has subsided again and until the next moon, no one will trouble the professor, neither the noseless man who killed Hestus nor the cruel procurator of Judea, fifth in that office, the knight Pontius Pilate. And that's the end of the book. Diggs is just shaking. Yeah, he just shook. He's like, I can't clap, I've got to shake. He loved it. He loved it. Wow. Thank you for okay. taking us through that. That's fascinating. So that's both the master and the margarita. Sure. My sure. goodness. Spicy mug. We did it again. <laughs> but I, I thought that was really you, – you told that very well. You oh, said it was very mm, confusing It is a bit confusing, yeah. the way that you went back with uh, – this is just a review of you. The, the way that you went back and told us, you know, the glasses and everything, I, I feel like it would be a very hard book to keep track of. I did, I did have to skip over a few things too um, because I'm like, if I go into too much detail there, that will be confusing. Sure. So I sure, try, right. try and um, – Try and make it make sense. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it mostly did. Yeah, I followed yeah, it through and it's yeah. an interesting and sort of surprising story. Yeah, it really is. Twists, yeah. twists and turns. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which you couldn't see coming, yeah. It's like uh, shark net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on All a right. beach or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot. It was on a beach or something. Yeah, that famous Moscow <laughs> beach. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I really enjoyed reading. It's very fantastic and I loved the, the magical elements, like we were saying before, the talking suits, that kind of thing. It's very fun. I heard it was the best part of your holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Cop that Bahamas. <laughs> Reading it while you're water skiing. Yeah. <laughs> thing. I can picture it now. <laughs> uh, it has a lot of criticism of the Soviet Union. I think we're picking up some of them yeah. in terms of the brainwashing and also parts of the the different levels of society with like, you know, the, the arrogant writers and also the, the people sure. uh, in the theatre who, you know, are fighting over money and that kind of thing. And obviously that's why it couldn't get published at the time. But I don't feel like I was quite getting it on every level of that criticism because even though the version has hundreds of footnotes, like I was saying, explaining lots of the references, like they say stuff like, this character probably represents this famous person who everyone in Moscow would have recognised at the time. But obviously 
uh, 80 years later, without that context, I'm like, oh, I don't even know who that yeah, real person sure. is. So I, yeah. I don't feel like I'm quite getting it on every single level, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I still really liked it. Yeah, okay. It's still yeah, very okay. entertaining and it does wrap up very, you know, nicely with the two stories and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so, so I like did enjoy it. Exactly. Just like Love Actually. Like Love Actually. Oh, exactly Have you seen same. Love Actually? Exactly the same. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. It's got Hugh Grant in it. What made you decide to read this? Oh, sorry. Of course, you, people asked you to. Yeah. Yes, but also I was re- looking to do uh, a book from mm. Russian literature because yes. before this I've only ever done I've done a Chekhov play, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, and The Seeker, which I enjoyed, but even that's a, a bit of a cop out in terms of because a lot of the Russian literature it scares me. I'll be honest, sure. a lot of it's very long. Your your War and Pieces, your Anna Kareninas that you know are your Wars and Pieces, exactly, exactly. Mm. nine hundred pages. This one is, uh, I mean, it's still. Pretty epic. I love that some people describe it as one of the shorter bits of uh, Russian literature and then you look at it, it's still 450 pages. Yeah, sure. <laughs> quite small writing. But that's, that was one reason. And also because I had some people, like it's got that cult following. I yes, wanted to yep. understand what it is about. And going mm. in, I went in completely blind, had no idea. So mm-hmm. in some ways blew my mind a little bit. Some that's areas. great. That's okay to say. And, and you can see why it's had all those influences on all those other artists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is one of those tragic like Mick ones. Jagger. Like Mick yes. Jagger. One of those tragic mm-hmm. ones. Uh, and there's, I've, cu- I've covered all too many on this show where the book only got big after the author died. Yeah, it's a and shame. they never knew their, their acclaim or their influence, which is very sad. Yeah, that's so sad. Did he have a, a wife or children who were able to enjoy the book's success? Yeah, or? I believe his wife was one of the people who pushed for the publication. Oh, yeah, you said that. Upon yes. his See, death. Robert Drew about- became one of Australia's most celebrated authors. Yeah. In his own lifetime. <laughs> In his own lifetime. In his own right. lifetime. Yeah, yeah right. That's good. And, and, <laughs> and Bryce right. Courtney bought a house next to Dave Warnke. Yeah. Bryce and Courtney. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Is Robert Drew still alive? Robert Andrew. Robert Andrew. Robert Andrew is still alive at the age of 80. I celebrate him every day. What a guy. (laughs) He really is one of the most celebrated celebrated authors. authors. (laughs) Because Sammy Peterson celebrates him every day. Round of applause for Robert Drew every day. Thank you, Robert Drew. Well done, him. So we always finish by giving a score out of five, which is Mm, something that we do. Uh, as, As you heard it here today, Sammy P., you're into it. You're not into mm. it. What would you give it a score out of five? And any final thoughts on the Master and Margarita? I'll give it a. I'll give it a hard four. Mm. I'm gonna give it a four because I thought there was a lot in there, and it's it's a good um. Seems like a good story. There's a lot going on. I feel like it'd be a great film as well. Mm. Like it's very visual. Like, yeah, very visual. Yeah. I can see like someone like Baz Luhrmann who is very you know great at bringing things to life visually. I mm. think yep. I can see him absolutely smashing this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna give it a four. Four out of five. Four out of five. And Stephen, what do you think? I'm going to give it uh, 4.25. Whoa. 4.25. Oh, my goodness. Out of 10. <laughs> out of five. Just, wow. just a little bit more than four, a little bit less than four and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It was an interesting story and it had me sort of involved right right the way through and the cleverness of the two storylines. Um, it's like Love Actually. Exactly like exactly. Love Actually. Um, <clears throat> in parallel and then meeting up together at the end uh, or at the start at the airport, I forget. But Both. Um, <laughs> both, both. Both, sure. Uh, and, yeah, the visual striking elements and surprises and the supernatural elements uh, and the arson. And- You're talking about Love Actually? Or something? Yeah. 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 Was, <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. I came for the supernatural ele- elements. I stayed for the arson. <laughs> <laughs> and the pop-up shop from Zara. Yeah. Three weeks. Got, I mean, me, that's everything that's inspiration. That's right. Well, when we, but when but we- I would have... 
would have saved the decapitation and reattachment of the head to last. Yes, yeah, that's absolutely. right. That's yeah, your yeah. Right. If, the magic. If, if you were the director. <laughs> if it was my magic yeah. show. Not so many card tricks. <laughs> that's right. I love that every time we appear together on uh, Sam's Fantastic Confessions podcast, we always finish with a business confession. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. in this way, you've kind of, and we always invest. Yes. Often invest anyway, yeah, in the yeah. idea. Um, but you've even come here today and somehow got a book, an yeah, idea from this right. book to, yeah. to start a pop-up Zara. So, that's right. Man, Blank you, check on the table just, every time. Yeah. This guy just sees money everywhere. No, I do. <laughs> Dollar I, signs it, in his eyes. I'm just Mr. Entrepreneur. I, just, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm going to give this one a, uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Whoa. Oh, nice. Nice. The highest and, of all. You, exactly. Yeah. The highest score possible. <laughs> out of 5. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did did uh, very much enjoy it. And thank you very much to everyone who, who suggested it and to the people that suggested it because they love it. I hope I did it justice. And mm. the people who suggested it because they can't get into it, mm. I hope you've now got at least some sense of what the Master and Margarita is. But I do recommend you you get in there, you give it a good read, uh, maybe take a note on some of the characters. That was probably the hardest yeah. bit for me when there are a few different names, that kind of thing. Mm. That I think that will really help. But well, apart from that, I, I suggest it. Send in your favourite episode of Friends as well. Do yourself a favour. Yeah, send it in. What would your one be, by the way? Gee, I've never seen an episode of Friends, actually. <laughs> but I would I love it. Yeah, l- legit. But I would love to watch it. And oh, yeah. I, I think that goes to well, everyone. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a podcast in that for sure. <laughs> I've never seen an episode People of who have never watched an episode of Friends but would like to one day talking <laughs> about Friends. Yeah. I still don't watch it. I don't get around to it every week. Yeah, Too busy. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, any Too busy about- celebrating Robert yeah. Drew. Yeah, I'm just watching <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> Watching the wrong show every time. I didn't get to it again this week. Been watching too much Frasier. Yeah, started typing FR into Netflix. Frasier came out. I was like, I'll just watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it came out first. Well, thank you so much for joining me here this week. I absolutely appreciate your, your time, your love. Can Look. I be honest? It's been a goddamn pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. It really has. It's been a goddamn pleasure. I'm yeah. sorry about my dog. I've been stressed about my dog this oh my entire God. time. But uh, but uh, I think he's had a wonderful time. He's walked away with a, uh, being cast as Banger. Yes. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a gig out of this. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've really, really enjoyed this Cobra. So, oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was really, really fun. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And, and it was people, lovely to meet you both. That was what a, what a trip. <laughs> and, and you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, Stephen, if, uh, one more time, if people want to get involved with reading your fantastic writing, where can we go? Oh, thank you very much. Um, yes, uh, Amazon. Amazon.com.au, uh, and it's called 50 Things to Be Seriously Grateful for Today. I've also written a book called How to Win Game Shows. I won't tell you what that's about. <laughs> and uh, a postmodern uh, novel. That's right. <laughs> and uh, that's a sort of non fiction book, but I've also written a novel called Symphony Under Siege, which is a swashbuckling sci fi novel set 512 years in the future on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> I love it. So and you got much. a website? And I've got a website. It's just thestephenhall.com. <laughs> and I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Sammy, if people want to see your live show next year in 2024. Yes, Why the Long Face, available yes. on all the things. Uh, you can follow me on uh, at Confessions the Podcast on social medias mm. uh, or at Mr. Sammy P on Instagram. Uh, and, yeah, you can check that out and I'll have the poster, all of the show details. Because I've got a oh, – I don't, I don't want to say it's bragging, but I've got a link tree. Link tree. A link tree. Oh my so you can click tree. on it. You've got a link tree. So you can, you can, I've planted the seed. It's in my bio and it's sprung <laughs> into beautiful things. Wow, beautiful and links. I've got, I've got little links on there and you can click on that. You can say, I want to go and see Wide Long Face in Brisbane. I want to go and see Wide Long Face mm-hmm. in Melbourne. I don't want to see any. And then you just don't click on any of the links. And you, <laughs> okay. and you go Something buy for one, of, one of Stephen's <laughs> books instead. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so you can go there and you can just listen to Confessions, the podcast, on all of the goddamn apps, and I'm also doing a new podcast next year as well, which will be Ooh. on the all the things. It's called um, Book 
Oh, so it'll come up before yours when you search it. Yeah, good one. And it's all about. We'll I just find a different book every every week. And <laughs> just I, yeah. find one. <laughs> just find one. I just, and I, I read it live to the guests. <laughs> I haven't read. I haven't had time. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's quite a long podcast. <laughs> it's quite a long podcast. Yeah, yeah, but a new podcast that'll be uh, launching, I believe, in uh, Feb next year, which is very exciting. We'll keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye yeah, for that. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is the second last book cheat for the year, so we'll have one episode after this. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to support the show, uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash dogoonpod, and it supports dogoon, who knew it with Matt Stewart, Primates, all these other podcasts yeah. keeping us going. Thank you so much. But until next time, Stephen, we always sign off here by mm. shouting books forever, if oh, you don't mind. I can, you can do that. join in. You can sit back if you like. Yeah, I can do that. Can Syl- Sylvester the cat join in? Please. Wow. Can would- Shrek join in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Elmo and, and Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant. <laughs> Well, let's do this, and thank you so much for listening, and until next time... <laughs> Book Forever! <laughs> aye, 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 aye. <laughs>